And we will get started on a beautiful, sunny, late April day in 2013. (laughs) I think it's finally spring, and um, it sounds like we're going to be jumping pretty much into summer. So it is what it is. We live in Minnesota, and in Minnesota we, we have learned to just accept what comes and not blink because it'll change. It'll change. So welcome to the teleconference this month, and we are talking about neuroplasticity, which is a big, fancy word that's been getting a lot of press for the last four or five years. Lots and lots of attention because of what it means for us and the hope that it holds for people as we um, get older and don't want to, as we talked about in um, really our last two teleconferences, the, the number one fear as people age in America is having dementia and losing that cognitive ability that allows you to have such a good quality of life. Um, people are actually more afraid of that than they are of the, the death process itself, according to the surveys that and the studies that I've read. And so neuroplastic Neuroplasticity, while it may be difficult to say, is one of the things that holds out hope for all of us that our brains literally and physically change. Um, They aren't fixed at a certain point in our maturation process, as was previously believed. Uh, They used to think that our brains, they knew that the neurons would, would, you know, prune and grow and shift and change. Um, and, and they thought that somewhere around between the ages of 21 and 25, that process irrevocably stopped. And at that point, you had the brain that you were going to have for the rest of your life. Um, and that you know, from that point on, it was going to be more difficult to make changes. Um, this is you know, kind of the, the thought process or the, the paradigm that gives us the the saying, you know, can't teach an old dog new tricks, turns out that none of that is true. Our brains continue to have the ability to change throughout life. Um, I was reading a blog of uh, a lady who is uh, the survivor of a traumatic brain injury. And so she has written about neuroplasticity and the power of the brain to change. Um, She says, even a neurosurgeon told her, the brain is mysterious and changing. Even us experts only know about 10% of what is happening in there. And she says that that strangely comforted her because to her it meant that there was room for growth in her recovery. It created a, a bigger room in her mind for hope that what she might have lost because of her brain injury, she could regain. And that her brain would learn to do those things again, but it would shift where it did that processing. And that is exactly what happens. Um, in addition to that, there, there are many different applications for neuroplasticity. Um, and one of them is if, if somebody has a, a traumatic brain injury or perhaps the loss of a limb or, or, or a paralyzed limb, and they want to, for, for example, say, learn to, to write with their non-dominant hand. 
the brain is able to map across that ability to new parts of the brain to create new neural connections, new neural pathways, and to learn to do that that task that you know transfer those abilities. So it is not only hopeful for people who have um, suffered some sort of injury, whether that's a brain injury or or an or a, a injury to a limb, but for all of us who want to make changes in our life. And the name of my company is ChangeWorks. And so that's what we're all about. We're, we're not a motor works. We don't build cars. We build easier ways for people to make changes in their lives. And today, I'm so glad you're on the line today because today is going to be a really good, good session. We are going to cover a little bit more material about neuroplasticity. I'm going to walk you through um, a conceptual imagery of neuroplasticity in your own mind so that you really have a, a place to hang your hat in understanding what this what what what's going on even though as the neurosurgeon says maybe we only understand about 10% of what's going on giving yourself uh, a place to to hang your 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 hat um um from a, from an from an imaginary standpoint helps to make the process more accessible to you and we're going to help you to access access that process and steer it and direct it in a way that's going to make a change for you. So what I want you to do right now at this point in the call is I want you to start to think about something that you would like to start doing in your life. And this call we're going to work on establishing a new behavior or establishing a new habit, however you want to you know, you know, characterize that um, in your life. We're not going to work on extinguishing a habit in this session. We're going to work on creating a new behavior. So maybe you want to start taking walks every day or going to a workout class every day. Or maybe you want to start drinking more water. Maybe you want to make time daily for a meditation practice or a self-hypnosis practice. Think about what that new behavior might be for you. And it may be a behavior that you already engage in, but that you want to increase. Or it might be a, a behavior that you've been thinking about and saying, wow, you know, I really would like to create time and, and, and space in my mind and in my life. To do that, it's going to bring me so many wonderful benefits. But I haven't done it yet. Well, now is your chance. This is your chance to create that change. And we're going to walk you through a session today that's going to help you to hasten that change, to accelerate that change, to bring that about in your life more quickly. So, so my recommendation to you is that after today, and you know, it'll take me a couple of days to get this up onto the um, the membership section of the website, but you know I'll send you out an email once that's done. Um, after today, I would like to be accessing this, download it, and listen to it on a daily basis, and keep notes to yourself. Journal about this and say, oh, wow, it's feeling easier and easier. Today I did it without having to prompt myself, whatever it is, right, this new habit that you're developing. 
um, and, and take note of those things as that new behavior takes hold in your life. Okay? So be thinking about that. Have that. Oh, my goodness, a whole lot of people have joined. Our, hello, thank you for joining us. I know it's beautiful outside, it's bright and sunny, and it's the noon hour. And so thank you so much for joining us because, um, you know, I know it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things that you need to work in. And there's a lot of temptations out there in the sunshine right now. <laughs> I'm tempted right now myself. So a little bit more about neuroplasticity. Um, there are little cells in your brain, and they're called neurons. I used to work for the American Academy of Neurology years ago. And um, part of my job, I worked for the membership um, committee or, or, or department, or I guess it was a department, um, for the American Academy of Neurology. And one of the things that I produced was this little monthly um, newsletter called The Dendrite. They still, I think they still produce it. Uh, it's gone through many, many iterations and changes. It doesn't look anything like it did when I, when I was, you know, publishing that. But that was published once a month. It was called the Dendrite, and it had a little drawing of a neuron on the front. Um, and it was a way for neurologists to make connections, specifically employment connections. There was a sec section in the Dendrite of um, employment openings people that were looking to hire neurologists. And then there was a section where neurologists could advertise their services and say, I'm looking for a new situation. Contact me and I'll send you my CV. So it is all about connections. It was, the, it was a brilliant name for that publication because that's what, de that's what neurons do is they connect. And um, if you imagine a little cell um, and imagine that it's sort of oblong, and at, at one end, it, it sticks out and kind of branches out, maybe like a hand reaching. And that one end is called an axon. And then imagine a little hand reaching out of the other side of that oblong cell, and that little hand is the dendrite. And so axons and dendrites are designed to reach out to each other. They're attracted to each other. And as they grow closer and closer and closer together, they establish a relationship with each other, and that creates a neural connection. And then they communicate back and forth across the synapses using chemicals. So I would like you to get an image in your mind that helps to, to bring this down to um, an everyday level. And here's what I came up with. I hope you like it. So close your eyes. And imagine that you're up in the air, maybe like in the Goodyear blimp, right? You're comfortable, you're stable, you're safe, and you're looking down on a big open field. And now imagine that big open field is populated with a whole lot of people. And they're just standing in that field, maybe milling around a little bit. But they're not interacting with each other, not yet. See, all those people, hundreds of them. Hundreds of people in that field. Now imagine that all of their left hands are axons. Imagine having all of them hold their left hand up in the sky and wave to you. There they are. Those are all their axons. Now imagine that all their right hands are dendrites. And so imagine all of them lifting their right hands 
and waving to you in your floating zephyr. Now they're going to start to communicate, but not verbally. They're going to communicate by reaching out to each other. So they're going to start to hold hands. Imagine them all starting to hold hands. And notice, perhaps a pattern emerges. Maybe you can see that group forms a little circle. Maybe that's a thought behavior over there. There's another little circle or or an oblong or maybe even a figure eight. Maybe that's a real complicated, complex task. And you see, what we have now are neural pathways. So each of those people represents a, a neuron in in some gigantic mind I think differently (laughs) bear with me now I'd like you to imagine them changing so you see they reached out and they, they created a pattern now see that pattern shift and change and so now that circle that was there, maybe it's opened up and it's a larger circle, or maybe it's two circles joined together, or maybe that circle dissolves completely, which would be like extinguishing a habit or a behavior. And those neurons, those people, are now involved in completely different connections, doing completely different tasks, supporting different behaviors than they did before. And you see, this is neuroplasticity. the ability of your brain to take behaviors and change literally the structure of the brain in how these neurons are connected to each other in supporting the behaviors that are engaged in in your life. When you learn a new language, imagine now that this person that you're looking down on on this field, this person starts to learn a new language and watch all the activity. Watch all the new connections, and I'll bet you, you see a whole bunch of new connections shifting and changing, a lot of activity going on. So there you have neuroplasticity. I'm going to read to you something else from this blog. I really enjoyed it. And so she she calls this a walk in the forest, and it's another analogy to understand what neuroplasticity is and how it works. So she says, imagine you grew up in the woods. Every day you took the same few paths to get the things you needed to sustain yourself. You never strayed from those paths at all. Then one day as you walk down your normal path that is heavily worn from years of use down to the river, you notice a little building way off the trail you're on. You think, wow, I'd like to check that out. But you've never been off the trail. You decide to go check it out. You leave the worn path that you were on, and you go to ground that you've never stepped on before. You approach the door of the building and then walk inside to notice there is a large volume of books on the subject of building log cabins. You look around the room and notice a note on the table that states you are welcome to use the place anytime you want, but please never take the books from the building with you. So you begin to come and go every day to read and focus on learning how to build new log cabins. Every day as you come and go, you begin to develop 
two fresh paths that diverge off from the worn river path that you use to get to the building. When walking to the cabin every day, these fresh paths begin to to become worn and easily noticeable. Even though the paths never become as ingrained and worn as your original paths, they are still distinct and worn. This is similar to how neuroplasticity occurs in our brains as we learn something new. The more we we repeat something and use that part of the brain in a focused way, new neural pathways might develop in your brain. And so, if you're looking for a way to stay sharp and a, a, the, to understand the mechanism behind making changes and therefore to engage that mechanism intentionally in creating new behaviors in your life, this is the teleseminar for you. So, um, what I'd like to do now is reiterate because I'm not sure who joined us after the after I said it, said it the first time, but have in your mind before we go into the hypnosis portion of this call, have in your mind uh, a new behavior that you want to begin seeing in your life. Now, it might be something that you've thought about doing, but you really haven't done it before. Um, starting to take daily walks or taking up a daily meditation or self-hypnosis practice, drinking more water. Or it can be something that you already do in your life, but you want to increase. And we are going to go through a session, and we are going to use three different ways to build stronger neural networks around that behavior. So then what I want you to do, I encourage you, If you're serious about this, if you're serious about making this change and bringing this new behavior into your life, once I get this uploaded, you know, it'll take me a couple of days to upload this onto the membership section of the website. I'll send out an email. And then download this and listen to this session every day. And keep a journal as you're going through the next few weeks and start to notice your behavior changing. Notice those times when you go, at the end of the day, you're jotting down your journal, and you go, oh, my gosh, I didn't even have to prompt myself today. It felt as natural as putting on an old pair of slippers. And find out how quickly you can bring new things into your life that support you in ways that you want. Think about all the benefits that you're going to have from whatever this new behavior is. All right. This is also the part of the call where I say, if you're driving your car <laughs> or doing, uh, um, you know, working with power tools or, or anything that would uh, preclude you from partaking in a trance session, this is a closed-eyed process, um, then it, I won't be offended if you drop the line and, of course, you'll be able to, you know, pick up the recording later. Uh, but we are going to move into a hypnotic state. And so find yourself in a comfortable position. Close your eyes. 
take a deep breath in. Use your belly. Use your lower abdomen. I'm going to have to do a session on teaching people how to breathe. I have so many clients that don't breathe right, and it creates anxiety and stress and sends the wrong signals to your mind. So take a nice deep breath and move those lower abdominal muscles as if you're blowing up a balloon in your lower belly. Hold it at the top for a couple of seconds, and then exhale. Try and make your exhale at least half again as long as your inhale, if not twice as long as your inhale. The reason that we do it this way is we engage the largest nerve in the body. It's called the vagus nerve, and it runs from your brainstem down into your lower abdomen area. And so when you breathe properly, breathing with your lower abdomen, moving your diaphragm muscles, you stimulate that nerve. And that is one of the body's all-clear signals. That tells the body and the brain, I am safe, I'm breathing in a relaxed manner, and therefore... I must be relaxed. So take another deep breath. Move those diaphragm muscles. Breathe from the lower belly. Nice, long, slow exhale. Take two or three more nice, deep breaths that way. Slow breaths. Changing the ratio of the oxygen and carbon dioxide in your bloodstream, which is another signal to your body that you are not in fight or flight, that you are calm and relaxed, that you can just veg out, chill out, relax for now. And everything is good, isn't it? Notice the surface that's supporting you. Maybe that's a couch, maybe that's a bed, maybe that's an office chair. Maybe you're lying on the floor. Just feel the surface beneath you and notice how it supports you. If you need to move yourself into a position that's more supportive, or if you need to move your body at any point during this session, you can do that without any concern. Hypnosis is not a fragile state. And in fact, making yourself more comfortable by scratching that itch or Shifting that leg when it asks to do that is only going to make you more comfortable, take you even deeper down. Eliminating all those physical distractions, feel the surface supporting you, and just let that surface, whatever it is, let it hold you up. Release your muscles, release the weight of your body like a sleeping child. Have you ever seen a sleeping child? Imagine, remember, what that sleeping child is like when they're really, really, totally, fully asleep. Maybe they fall asleep in the back of a car and you have to lift them out of the car and they don't wake up. And it's actually kind of a challenge to lift them because there's no cooperation. Their muscles are totally asleep. They're limp and loose and warm and their arms just dangle and maybe bounce a little bit with every step you take as you carry them. Mm, Feel the warmth and the comfort and imagine yourself being that relaxed. 
imagine your legs are sleeping child legs, that your arms are sleeping child arms, that your hands are sleeping child hands, limp, relaxed, loose and warm. Feel everything starting to slow down. Relaxing more completely with every breath because the breath is that natural relaxer for the body. And as the body relaxes, the mind slows down. And as the mind slows down, the body relaxes. And so you relax more completely with every breath you take. You relax more completely with every word that I say and every sound that you hear. With every feeling. With every thought or idea that crosses your mind. As your mind begins to just focus down on just one thing. And notice what a relief that is. Oh, we spend our days wide awake and trying to process so many things. And it feels like such a relief to focus only on the sound of my voice right now. To let go of everything else. And just allow yourself to enter almost, almost a state of suspended animation where the world seems to just stand still for you right now. Notice how much more relaxed you are right now than you were just a couple of minutes ago. And you might wonder to yourself how much more relaxed you can become. And allow yourself to relax even more fully as I count from five down to zero. Allowing, imagining, or just pretending that every number from five down to zero represents a deeper level of relaxation, a deeper level of hypnosis. Allowing yourself to go there now with five, four, Three, two, one, zero. comfortable, the body so relaxed, the legs, the arms, 
and the muscles around your mouth and jaw can rest so comfortably and soundly. And even the air and light or shade around you can begin to relax, almost as if you relaxing deeply and steadily somehow influences and calms your very surroundings. Good. And it's amazing that you can direct awareness anywhere you choose. Your brain, the human brain, is the only known mechanism in the universe that can extend itself to the farthest reaches of time and space. The human brain has conceived of hand tools, cathedrals, fireworks, works of fine art, antibiotics, space travel, language, submarines, television, the internet, and all the other things in life that make you say to yourself, wow, how do they think of that? Somebody once said that it is through the human mind that we come to know the mind of God. And indeed, we can look through super telescopes back to the very beginnings of time and space, right back to the Big Bang, which seems to be the point at which everything began. What other creature can see so far? Human brains have peered into the tiniest atoms, and even the, the molecule, the particles that make up atoms, even smaller. We've seen life on a microscopic scale. We have peered into the very structure of life itself. These things I've mentioned may be merely the tip of the iceberg, as far as human achievement is concerned, and all because of an organ about the size of a grapefruit with the consistency of jelly that fits neatly into your skull. What is this amazing organ, your brain, that is so primed with potential? As we said, it used to be believed that intelligence was preordained, that you were born into the world with your intelligence level set by your genetic inheritance. And it is true that different people have different brain potentials. However, as you continue to relax to the sound of my voice, you can really begin to understand that your brain, the most complex part of nature in the universe, can actually change and grow as you use it. Things you choose to do in life influence the way your mind becomes molded. The very physical structure of your brain changes when you learn something new. And if you don't use this capacity, you lose it. The brain shrivels when it's not used. And it's like throwing away the most valuable piece of nature in the whole of creation. And so you, you commit to yourself to a lifetime of learning and changing and growing. 
and you can feel really good right now because you're using one of the most powerful tools to make that change rewarding, fun, and easy right now. This wonderful state we call hypnosis. Everything that goes into making you who you are, from your oldest memories to what you're focusing on right now, to my words, and all your hopes, aspirations, pleasures, and concerns, they all derive from your brain. And you have hundreds of billions of brain cells in your mind. And on average, every one of your brain cells is connected with a thousand times other neurons, which makes it a total of over a hundred billion brain connections, more than all the stars in our Milky Way galaxy. And so much has been discovered about the brain in recent years, that your brain is physically changed by what you do and think. The more you think in a certain way, the easier and more natural it becomes to think in that way. Just like a person walking down a bright, sunny, well-worn, sun-kissed path. When you first start walking down that path, you have to clear away branches and tree roots and debris. And then going back and walking that path again the next day, it's clearer, easier to tread. And then you walk down it more and more and the path becomes easier and easier to use. The more you travel it. The same is true of your thoughts. And your learnings. The more you think good, strong, powerful thoughts, full to the brim with energy and optimism and good intent, the more natural this way of thinking and experiencing becomes. So as you learn and educate your mind, you extend it so that it makes more and more connections, which makes you more of a character and personality because the more you learn the greater brain power you have the better you can focus and the more brain connections you make millions of new brain connections can form over your lifetime if not billions and all because of how you choose to focus and develop your brain And each time you practice something new, like a new skill, you are building and sculpting and reshaping your brain. And the amazing thing is that even just imagining doing your new skill has the same effect and makes those pathways in the brain clearer and stronger. And that reminds me of a story about a man who was imprisoned. I believe it was in a in Vietnam. He was in captivity for many years. 
and he had very little to do except use his imagination. And when he was finally released, all he wanted to do was go to his home golf course and play golf. And he found that his game had actually improved, even though he hadn't played for years. He had been in that prison. But in prison, in his mind, during his captivity, he had played a perfect round of golf on that course every day. And this rehearsal in his mind had been as good as real practice. And his mind had developed such a wonderful focus as far as golf was concerned. He developed his brain in this way. So you can practice even when you don't physically practice. You can practice perfect presentation. You can practice producing the perfect piece of work. You can practice putting that new behavior that you have in your mind right now into place. Because you are strengthening your brain and strengthening your focus of intention, of attention. And I learned about a piano virtuoso. Somebody wondered how active a piano virtuoso's brain was when they played. And the fact is that many parts of their brain are actually still and calm during those times of incredible playing because all the activity is in very specific parts, focused purely on the music being produced, like a laser beam that is narrow but very powerful. And that's what happens when you are in flow. And your brain has many different parts and levels to it. The emotional centers in your midbrain the centers in the brain stem, allowing you to function in the world unconsciously and on a physical level. And the prefrontal lobes right on top of your brain, the neocortex, what they call the executive function that lets you make plans and set goals and carry them out and focus your attention and control your emotional responses. And it's almost as if you can feel these parts of your brain becoming stronger and more powerful over the next few moments. And this enables you to focus, plan, and act on your plans so effectively and efficiently. So now, Focus your mind on that new behavior that you want to bring into your life. And I want you to imagine, go with me to that forest path, and imagine that as you stand in a clearing in the forest, you can see that many paths run off from this clearing in the middle. And you recognize that some of those paths are paths that represent things that you do 
all of those paths that are clear and distinct, well-worn, those are the ways you think and the things you do regularly without even thinking about them. And then you see that there is a little area where there's maybe the thought of a path. You can see that it's almost as if someone's pushed the vegetation aside a little bit, but there's not really a path there. And that's because you've thought about doing this. You've thought about creating this new behavior in your life, this new positive habit. And so you can see where the pathway wants to be. So imagine that you have a tool, whatever tool you need, and start to clear that pathway. Sweep aside the stones. Trim the weeds. Make that pathway visible and viable. Notice where it leads to. And notice that where it leads is a wonderful place. Maybe it's a clearing full of beautiful flowers. Maybe there's a symbol or an image there that represents what you're trying to put in place in your life. Maybe it's a crystal clear pool. But this pathway, it goes somewhere. And that somewhere is a beautiful and good place. You have every tool that you need, every resource is at your disposal. So carve out this path. Make it real. Every time you listen to this recording, you can make this path a little bit more clear and clean, a little bit more defined, a little easier to go down every day. It becomes easier and easier until you just naturally go down this path without even thinking about it. Notice the things that you really like about this path. Maybe there's a particular tree that grows there on your left, or a flower on your right. Because as you develop new behaviors, there are little markers, aren't there? You know exactly how it feels. For example, to drive your car. That's a very well-worn path for most of us. You never think about it anymore. But if something were to change, say you got a different car, you would notice. You would notice the change in the path. When you get into your car, what's the first thing you do? You put the keys in the ignition? Or do you set your purse aside, <laughs> if you have a purse? Do you adjust the seat or check the mirror? Those are like these trees or distinctive rocks or beautiful flowers. 
that are growing at certain spots along this path. You don't need to know right now what those are, what part of that behavior they represent. Your mind will take care of that. Just notice them for now. No good or bad, no right or wrong. Just noticing. When you get to the destination, take some time and take a deep breath in and just bask in the beauty, the reward, the reward of reaching the destination is the reward in and of itself. The strongest habits are the things we do for the intrinsic reward. The reward of the behavior is the behavior, represented here by whatever beautiful thing lies at the end of your path. Good. And you can leave a part of yourself here if you like. Lie down by the pool or whatever you're seeing. And allow the rest of your mind to just clear and step away from this image and allow a new image to form. That's right. We're going to imagine that you are looking down at your life from above, but interestingly, not just from above in space, but above in time as well. Imagine that you are up, 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 and you're looking down. There you are right now, so calm and relaxed. Look at how calm and relaxed you are. Notice how you can tell that that body of yours that you're looking at from above right now, how do you know that you're calm and relaxed. What indicates that to you? And as you look to your left and look to your right, you realize that you're actually seeing the timeline of your life. Allow it to appear for you. In a lot of ways, it makes sense. And you are not only up above in time and in space, but also in time. You are directly above the present moment probably to your left or behind you lies your past probably to your right or in front of you lies your future but if you see something different you see what's right for you as you look across your past you see a lot of behaviors there things that you used to do but don't do anymore you can see them back there Perhaps they're represented by a particular color or a brightness or a darkness. Things you've done all your life, like brushing your teeth. You can see as a consistent line going all the way back to when you first started brushing your teeth, moving through your present and all the way off into the future. Perhaps when you learned to ride a bike or tie your shoes. You can look to your past and see where those behaviors began, where those learnings took place. 
and see a consistent line all the way through your present and all the way into the future. Because once you learn to ride a bike or tie your shoes, you'll never forget. And you notice, perhaps, as you look back across those lines, you can see the difference in the coloring or the brightness that shows you where those behaviors were being learned and then the, the shift to a brighter or darker or deeper color when those behaviors were fully and completely learned, where they became something you didn't have to think about. Completely easy and natural, totally ingrained. So imagine now that you have a magic paintbrush like Mickey Mouse with the wizard's hat. And whatever color or however else this is appropriate for you. I'm referring to colored lines, but if your mind is representing your behaviors that move through your life in this way as lights or dots of lights or however it's being represented to you is just right for you. I'll refer to a colored line and you interpret it in the way that works for you. This new behavior that you want to put in place in your life, allow the color to pop into your mind. Allow your mind to show you how to represent that new behavior. And if that's a color, you see that color in front of you. Imagine that it's like a pot of magic paint and you have your magic paintbrush. And you dip that paintbrush into that paint and you start to color that line starting from the present day and take it out into the future as long as you want that behavior to be in your life. Maybe all the way into your future to the point where you can't see that, that future line anymore, which tells you that you'll be doing this forever as long as you're here. Or if it's a behavior that you want to do for the next six months or a year or two years, you can stop the line at whatever point you want that behavior to simply extinguish for you. Also notice as you noticed with the behaviors you've learned in the past, how the color or the brightness or the richness of the line changes so you can see where you're learning it and where it becomes fully ingrained for you. And you can change that, you know. You can go in and make that happen for you a little sooner. Accelerate those neural pathways being formed. God. Make that exactly the way you want it to be. And then take it for a trial run. Imagine now moving into your future, engaging in this new behavior. Later today, perhaps, tomorrow, the day after, the day after that, the week after that, and on and on. Feel it becoming more natural, more easy more ingrained and the more you engage in this behavior the easier it becomes and the easier it becomes the more you do it the more you do it the easier and more natural it becomes the easier and more natural it becomes the more you do it and so see yourself moving into the future 
all the way to the point where, whether that's a week from now, three weeks from now, wherever it is, where you realize that you don't have to think about it anymore. It's become a natural, fully ingrained part of your life. Notice how that feels and notice how you know that you now fully own this behavior and notice what wonderful things it's brought into your life for you. How good it is. Excellent. And you may want to reflect back on the pathway through the woods and that destination and feel yourself meeting yourself. The part of you, remember, that you left at that destination now joins you in the future and the circle is complete. The neural pathways are complete and this behavior is now yours. Good. Listen to this recording every day. Write in that journal. Notice how you know that this behavior is becoming more easy and natural for you every day. And how the easier and more natural it feels, the more you do it. God, I'm glad you were here with me today. It's time to come back to a full waking status, bringing your energy up as I count from one to five. At one, becoming aware of your body, becoming aware of the surface you're resting on, becoming aware of the room around you. At two, feeling positive energy flowing in, flowing into every nerve, every cell, every fiber, every muscle, every organ, filling your body, your soul, your very entity with positive energy for the rest of your day. At three, taking a deep breath in, then moving the energy around. Doesn't that feel good? Four and five is eyes open, wide awake. One, two, three, four, five. Wide, eyes open, wide awake. Enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy, enjoy this new found tool, this new ability for creating change so easily in your life. Thanks for being with me today. Bye-bye. <laughs>